0: Welcome into the sports Fam, presented by JK contracting on this Monday. March 14th, 2022, 6.06 on the clock. We got a full hour show for you this afternoon. Join my alongside Andrew Allison. And thank goodness we do, because yeah, what a weekend. This uh this whole sports uh, across the landscape of sports, really. And uh, that spilled into today. The Bengals and Reds both made news different moves. Um you know you're probably feeling mixed emotions of a Cincinnati fan. I mean me and Andrew were out last week with spring break. He was traveling around calling some games. I got away for a little bit, but we're both back here, Andrew. Hopefully you had a good spring break. I was sitting on a beach somewhere. Um you were going around covering Sheridan's run in the in the state championship. The the uh the women, the girls team. But uh yeah,
1: no, they made it all the way to the end. Yeah, they uh they made it all the way to the end. Didn't quite turn out like I would have hoped. They end up losing by like 14 to Alter, but it felt like, uh, Ketterington Alter, but it felt like about 70. But yeah, they made it to the state championship game. They had a heck of a game. It was honestly that the state semifinal game I told you about was maybe the best game I'll ever see if I go on to have a long, luxurious broadcasting career. But then I was up Wednesday in Cleveland. It was a fun trip all around the state.
0: That it was, and I was happy you weren't sitting next to me on the beach.
1: Yeah, that's that's nice. Thanks.
0: I know it just got some peace and quiet for a while. I spent enough time
1: with you. Oh, sorry, Connor just said my mic audio was bad. But the uh, yeah no we didn't. It was odd. It was maybe the longest that we have uh, we've gone without talking to each other for a while. You're right.
0: Yeah. I know. Maybe I had felt felt some withdrawal going into.
1: I think. I think the longest, even on, like, winter break, the longest event was probably, like, three <laughs> days. It was, it was, uh... Maybe, maybe.
0: A lot happened, though, uh, over the weekend. I mean, Ohio basketball, obviously, they get bounced out of the MAC tournament. We'll get into that in a second. I mean, just a disappointing end to a season where the team had their greatest start uh, in program history, and we all know how it ended on Saturday night, or Friday night, actually. Um... And then, you know, March Madness moves along. A lot of great conference tournament games. A Big Ten tournament ended. It's time for Selection Sunday. Selection Sunday happens. People are trying to start to fill out their brackets. And then Tom Brady just drops a bomb right in the middle of all that. Blows it up. He's coming back and playing. I mean, I remember having the episode ever many, two months back or whatever, whenever he retired, you know, just giving him a quick shout-out for the great career he's had. He's coming back. He's going to Tampa. A lot of theories as to why. I think he's an attention uh, hog. Best word I'll use at the moment. But, um, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff happening. Of course, free agency opened up in football today. So we got a lot to talk about. But like I just mentioned, we're going to open up with the Bobcats. Andrew, um, we didn't watch this game together. I assume you watched it. Um, 67-61, Ohio lost. We're not going to talk too much about the game itself. Uh, They were behind most of the game. Double digits most of the second half. They had a little push at the end. Um, Ben Vander had a sick dunk, though. That reverse jam to make it a five-point he game. Uh, he did. I mean, I think it was his last two points. Uh, hopefully not as a bobcat because he could come back another year if you want. But the guy's got three degrees, so maybe he'll move on to the greater pastures. But they ended up losing by six. Um, the game was really lost. They got it down to two. It was, I think, 58-56. And they got Sincere carry to force up a three-pointer. That's Ken State's best player. He misses it. It's like if you get the stop and get the ball back, get a possession there, it's like, all right, they're going to finally tie this game up, take the lead, and then the momentum will carry them. Offensive rebound, Kent State comes down, hits a tough shot. Ohio misses. Kent State comes down, hits another tough shot. Blink of an eye at six points in the minute, 30 left. Ohio couldn't overcome it. Their season's over. They are playing in the CBI uh, against Rice on March 5th, 19th, this Saturday, if you care. I'm sure it'll be on TV somewhere. I particularly don't feel like watching Um but, Andrew, it's just one of those things you just left with an empty feeling. And this happens to mid-major schools all the time, especially really good ones or just teams that you know, make a good run in their mid-major tournament. You know, Fortune the Mac is usually a one-conference league. Uh, there's exceptions few and far between. I mean, a one-bid league, not one-conference league, um, where they're only getting one bid per year. Uh, we knew that's the nature of the beast coming in. We knew, especially when Ohio lost to Toledo earlier this year, they were going to have to win the MAC tournament to go to NCAA tournament. And this, this year just feels like this was such an empty feeling because this team has three of the top 15 players in the conference. I say that quite confidently with Sears, Vanderplas and Jason Carter. Um, and they had the best start in school history when they started out 19-4 and four this year. But down the stretch... Andrew, I mean, the wind just came out of the sails, man. I mean, they lost, what, of their last five regular season games, they lost four of them, two of them to terrible teams in Bowling Green and Northern Illinois. The other two were to the two teams that eventually were in the MAC championship game in Akron and Kent State. But they started slow in every game. You know, they were were always second to loose balls. They were always getting out-rebounded, just not making free throws. They weren't doing the things that fundamental teams do. And we just thought, Maybe if you dangle a MAC tournament in their face, it's enough to wake them up. Uh, they, won by, they won pretty convincingly against Ball State in the first game, which was like, all right, maybe that's the turnaround. But that Kent State game, man, it was the same old song and dance of the last two months of the year of just getting outplayed and outrebounded and outhustled and not making shots. I mean, their offense is terrible for the first, heck, 35 minutes of the game. And they made that run with five minutes left to get it down to two, and it just seemed like they could power back. But I don't know what changed. Andrew, if it was coaching, if it, if, if, if Bowles's, you know philosophy kind of got figured out as the year went on, he didn't have a p- strong plan B. Um, obviously, Mark Sears, for whatever reason you want to put up, he did, definitely didn't get as many foul calls late in the year as he did earlier in the year, and a lot of his game was at the free throw line. But he kind of went down. We learned Jason Carter had a partially broken tibia. Obviously, that's going to affect your play. That, that right. doesn't help. Tommy Schmack was ill on the night of the last game, and he was a key contributor down the stretch. Uh, I don't think the MAC schedule did them any favors when they had to play that you know six games in 12 days stretch in the middle of the season. I think Bowles talked about that in his post game presser. But at the end of the day, when you're a team sitting at 19 and four, and then you know you finish the regular season on that skid of losing four or five, and then you also don't even make the the championship of your conference. And the MAC was not a strong conference this year, really overall. I mean, Akron with John Gross. Congrats to him. He's now made the tournament with three separate programs: Ohio, Illinois, and Akron, as they're going to represent the MAC in the NCAA tournament. But I don't know. It's it's it just leaves an empty feeling about this season. What could have been? I mean, when you're 19 and four, competing with teams like Kentucky and LSU, and then you end out the year, you know, losing to NIU and Bowling Green, and just bowing out in the tournament pretty unconvincingly to, Penn, to Kent State. It, it I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Um, obviously. It is a good season for a mid-major team whenever you have single-digit losses, but you know this is a team that had a lot of talent. It, it just felt like they let it a, a year slip away from
1: them. Right, like you said, they have three of the top 15 guys in the MAC. That that should be good enough to get you close to a championship game at any point in time. It, it's just like you said, they they it was almost like they got figured out and they never adjusted. I, I don't know, uh, maybe it was playing those six days. Or six games in 12 days. It seemed like that's when the wind
0: started to come out of the sails. They came out of that stretch. Uh, they obviously lost the Toledo game in the middle of it. But other than that, they were winning all those games. Um, they came out uh, and they dominated the team that they were all season. Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan. They went on that run. And then they went up to Kent State and they had that funk where they scored 15 points in one half. And they just never seemed to
1: get back out of that after well, that. Even in that East, I want to say Eastern or Central Michigan game. I think they trailed at half by, they did, like, 15 and then came back and uh, I think they out. got it
0: down to, like, 8 at half, but they were down by, like, 17 at one point.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, and that's when the slow starts eventually started to come around. You just can't have, at some point in time, you have to be able to adjust. Now, we were talking about Jeff Bowles potentially leaving to take another job. I think that's gone. I don't think the way he finished goes towards that at all. I think he, he's going to end up staying for another year, which may be good for Ohio. Um, so maybe this is looks bad now, but maybe it'll help in the future. But like you said, it's an empty feeling because honestly, who cares about the CBI when this team's goal was to go to the NCAA tournament, try to win another game there, try to continue to establish themselves. Instead, they don't even make the championship game. Now, credit to Kent State. They were hot. I forget what their win streak was going into that. I game. they got up to 15. Yeah. Before
0: getting torched in the, in the conference championship
1: game. But right. So, I mean, they were hot. That was a hot team and Ohio just didn't have enough in the gas for it. But you would have thought with this team coming back and with the way Sears was playing, what you were starting to get up with a uh, schmock off the bench that you would be fine. You'd be one of the favorites. And instead they just fell short. they, did not get better as the season went on, which is another thing that comes back to coaching. Now, I'm not saying Jeff Bowles is a bad coach. I'm just saying this point, this point in time, this stretch, it didn't really show what he can do. Or maybe it did, but didn't show Defense what he do. Defense
0: was their strength all year, and they played pretty good defensively in Kent State in that loss. I'm not suggesting that. But when they were playing those better teams down the stretch, I mean, they were getting torched every game. Kent State seventy-five, Akron ninety-one, Bowling Green scoring eighty on. Are you kidding me? Bowling Green scoring eighty, and then they never had the offense to match that, and they lost their last game scoring fifty-seven to a terrible NIU team that didn't even make the MAC tournament. They just looked like a
1: shell of themselves all throughout the last month of the year. It was certainly not, not the team. Like, I mean, and I know they lost the Kentucky and LSU games, but that looked nothing like those teams.
0: You could tell it was going to be a struggle to find offense when they played better teams in those Kentucky and LSU te- games, but you know they, they played great defense. They hung in there. I think they were tied or down by two in both those games with 10 minutes left. Exactly. Those are two teams playing on Thursday and Friday.
1: One of them is a two-seat in Kentucky. Right now, Kentucky, obviously, their big guy got in some foul trouble in the first half, but either way, like you said, tied or a close game with 10 minutes left, this team looks like a shoo-in, especially even up until the first time they played Toledo and maybe even after that. I mean, they look like a shoo-in for the MAC. Th-
0: that, and, I don't know, they just, they look like they just swept-walked their way through the first half of games every
1: single time. Yes, they, they did. It, it was, even the Miami game, a game they won, Miami had a good first half. And I think, I don't think they ended up having the lead, but I think it was close. Yeah. And it was another one where people, originally people were like, well, you, if you keep letting teams shoot like 40%, or if teams keep shooting 50 60% against you, well, then that's just, you're not going to win. But when it cont- consistently happens over and yeah. over again, it's not just the teams got hot that night. Oh, yeah. I think
0: the, the excuse early was it was Toledo both times that had nights like that. It was just like, just seems like Toledo's a bad matchup and, they're going to have to cross that bridge when they get there, which they could have avoided Toledo still because yeah, Toledo lost Akron. Um, but no, Kent State shot the ball well every time they played. Miami, Eastern Michigan started out hot. Central Michigan shot the ball well when they played up in uh, Mount Pleasant. Toledo obviously shot the ball well both times. Bowling Green had a great game against them. Akron scored 91 on
1: them in the combo. I feel like that's got to be the most points given up by Jeff Bowles' squad. I don't know, man. That first year, they, <laughs> well, they got lit up a couple times. It'd probably, right? it
0: probably be worth looking at. but
1: That is true. I forgot about the first year being uh, kind of a, a rebuild year from Saul Ball. Yeah, so.
0: right. Yeah, he left them in a bad spot. Um, He pulled up right here from that first season. gave up 80 against Utah. Only 69 against Purdue. They had quite a non-conference schedule in this season. Looking around. Uh, 88, Akron. Eh, No, that probably is the most. 87, Kent State. For some reason, I thought they gave up like an 100-burger that year to somebody. Maybe that was Buffalo the year before, so that was before bowls, obviously. Um, But take back and look at the season as a whole. It's just frustrating. Uh, You know, good coaches get their players to play the best when they needed the best. And, you know, and not to make excuses for the team, but. Like I said, Jason Carter was a key contributor. Um, there was a point, me and Andrew had a segment on the show talking about where would this team be if he never even transferred back to OU. He was such a big contributor. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's announced he's playing the back half of the season on a fractured tibia. Uh, so, obviously, that hurts. You never could have anticipated the drop-off that Ben Roderick had before the season. <laughs> I mean, you just couldn't have done it. I, the guy last year, in their biggest games... Against Toledo, he had 20 plus in the MAC semifinal. He scored 20 against Buffalo in the MAC final game. Against Virginia, he hit the three with a minute left to make it a six point game that pretty much won the thing. In that game against Creighton, I remember when they were playing tough early on, Roderick hit, I think, three threes early on. He was. Yeah, he he was. A, in the game. I mean, at that point, he was their third scoring option besides Preston and Vanderplas. This year, I mean, God, he was, for lack of a better he was terrible. I don't think it's, it's not a good enough term. I mean, you can't have a three-year starting junior who was the school's highest recruit when he came in have the year that Ben Roderick had.
1: Yeah, and you and I were talking before we got on air. If he goes out and drops like a 30-piece or something in the CBI... And people are like, oh, aren't you happy he dropped his 30-piece in the CBI? No, do it in a game that actually matters. If he does it next year, I'll be happy. Yeah, if he saved all of his, his big scoring for next year, cool, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, yeah, he just had. He, but I mean, It's a rough I, season. man. I don't know if I've ever seen a regression like that before, especially out of someone that talented. It, it mean, was amazing. When you're a three-point specialist
0: and you shoot 22% from behind the arc, only, he only made 26 wow. threes this season. Rough. I bet you he made more in his first two years. He sat out, both, he sat out games in both those seasons. Oh, he probably. Had, I, mean, I mean, that's not even... What are you, what are you playing? He just six? got in a funk early. He couldn't get out of, man. And, and another thing you couldn't anticipate, obviously, before the season started, it was assumed Dwight Wilson would come back. He did have an option, too. I don't think he wanted to waste a year of eligibility on playing just like the last five or six games of the season. Right. You make of that what you will. I mean, I, I understand where a kid's coming from. I think he'd rather just play a full season. Because um, at that point we weren't looking the sharpest. So, and then London McDay, obviously he leaves the team uh, for you know non-disclosed reasons, um, personal reasons, was you know the only the, the most you could get out of it. Uh, but he was another key player. He was a two-year starter. He wasn't starting the first couple games this year, but he was the first guy off the bench every time. Uh, he was a great defender and he could score. I mean, London McDay was getting you at least eight to fifteen points every game. So that's that you lost yeah. too. There was no depth. Tommy Schmack was. N- Tommy Smock was not brought in to be the sixth man at Ohio University. He was brought in to be the backup for Mark Sears when he needed a blow for two or three minutes. Right. And, and he ended up
1: and he, kind of he was a bright spot. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Tommy was a, was a bright spot on this team and he'll be missed. I mean, him and Jason Carter are the only two for sure gone. Um, obviously Vanderplas can, can decide to leave and you know, whether he just per- pursues something else in life or goes and tries to play overseas or maybe the G league, something like that. Um, We'll see. I don't think Ben VanderPlas will be getting drafted. No, I soon. don't. I don't think so. Um, but you could be losing him. Obviously, transfers, you know, in this day and age, the transfer portal guys can come and leave as they want. There's a couple of guys like, you know, your Colin Granger level of player who didn't play all that much.
1: Maybe he goes. Um, I mean, you also, Bowles does have a solid recruiting class coming in. He does. We have the, 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 the kid from kid. Florida. Or not a Clayton, Sheldon
0: kid. And I do think, like, there is potential for next season. Like, this wasn't an all-a-bust season. You get Dwight Wilson back next year because he is going to come back and play. You obviously have Sears another year matured. Ben Roderick's supposed to come back. You hope he can find some kind of form from his first two years. You have a good recruiting class. A.J. Clayton will be another year older. They're expecting big things from him. Hopefully, Azuma takes some strides as well. I mean, he's a big physical guy. He just needs to work on fine-tuning a couple Mm -hmm. things here and there. There's going to be... This team's going to be a top half of the MAC team next year, and obviously, we, as we all know, you know, if you're in that top four or five in the MAC, you got any any shot to go and win the thing, and that's all Absolutely. you can ask for when you're in a mid-major conference like that. I mean, look at the Atlantic 10, a sixth seed in Richmond end up winning the thing. So these things happen across the mid-major college basketball. It's just unfortunately it's different. You know, nine losses. That's not a bad season for a mid-major school, but when you came in. You know, with four of them, like three quarters of the way through the season. Yeah. And then you get picked to win the regular season title. You know, you come up short of that. And then it's I think what stings the most is looking at this conference after a couple months. And don't get me wrong. Kent State got better throughout the year as well as Akron, obviously. I mean, they started playing well at the right time. But, you know, Buffalo never came on as strong as they were supposed to. And Obviously, Toledo was a good team, but nobody else outside of those four or five, which have been kind of the teams to look out for the last couple of years. Yeah. No, nobody rides. was good. Nobody was good. Right. Ball State was terrible. Miami was terrible. Although
1: Michigan team they were all terrible. Did the Michigan teams have 20 wins combined between all of them? <laughs> Central Michigan almost beat Toledo in the first round though. I did see that. Mac it was tournament. like 76, 77. Yeah, it was a close like game.
0: Um but yeah it 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 just feels like you know you get a couple guys like like a Jason Carter like a Tommy Schmack, it's their last ride. you got a good team. You want to see them at least make it to the tournament. And the way they were playing, I was pretty skeptical myself on if they were going to be able to beat anybody like they did last year. I mean, they probably would have been a 13 or 14 seed, and they would have got a tough draw, obviously. I mean, you see Akron, they're playing UCLA. I don't think if the Bobcats got in, they would have been beating UCLA in, no, the,
1: in March Madness this no, year. I don't think so. They got, they got a very favorable favorable draw last year with Virginia. And then I
0: mean Creighton after that too.
1: I mean Creighton almost lost their first
0: round game to, I think it was Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara. Sure. That was last year. This is this year. Bobcats come up short in the MAC tournament. Unfortunately. You bring up the extra string bowls point. I mean we we did explore the idea. I know Louisville was sniffing around him a little bit, and then we uh, you know if the Ohio State job opened up for any reason would he go there? We talked about it. I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. Not this
1: year. Not this
0: year. So I think you you buy another year of bowls. Obviously, that's a good thing. You keep a good coach around. But, I, I mean, I think he's another guy who, you know, we, we're going you know, to bash the players all we want. I think he's going to have to go into the, you know, go back to the chalkboard this offseason and try to figure some things out because there was just some times, man, you would watch and be like, God, this offense is so stagnant. 100. percent And Kent State's a really good basketball team, especially on the defensive end. Um, but, geez, I there mean, is. that game, it was just try to ISO Sears and get him into the lane, and it was just clearly not working. There was no motion. On offense, They couldn't get anybody... They couldn't spring anybody open.
1: Right, and then there was times where it was just... They would get... It's like they would get stuck on something. It it, it didn't matter whether it was like ISOing and Sears or there was times where it was like they were just chucking threes when the threes weren't falling and they wouldn't go inside even though they had chances to. It, it was like this offense... They would come in and be like, okay, this is the game plan. And then even if it didn't work and they were hitting a brick wall, they just kept... Sticking with the game plan, which I get, there's points in time you want to stick with the game plan, but to the point of where it was just obvious this was not going to work and they needed to change something and they never did. Yeah, I mean,
0: Ohio didn't have 30 points until halfway through the second half. And if you're doing, if you're playing basketball like that, you're leaving no room for error on the defensive end. And obviously, you know, when Kent State has the good players that they do, you know, they're going to go on runs. That's just how it works.
1: Especially with a team that was just so hot. It was amazing how, like you said, it was up to like 15 games before they ended up losing to Akron. You can't, you knew you were going to have to be able to keep pace with them. They weren't going to go cold. And they just weren't able to do it.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer. Like I said, you mean... You go in any conference tournament, especially a mid-major one, where you have two of the top ten players, and then obviously Jason Carter is in the top, you know, top eighty percent of the MAC as well in terms of talent. You'd like to at least see yourselves make the title game, right? You would have, and you know, something broke for Ohio. They just got stuck in a rut late in the year, and they couldn't quite find them where out of it. Right, they they just got stuck. Like you said, that was a perfect example. Absolutely. Again, Ohio lost to Kent State last Friday in the MAC tournament, 67-61. Akron. John Gross, former Ohio coach, uh, is going to the big dance anyway. They won 75-55 over Kent State, and they will take on UCLA. Good luck in the first round of the tournament. I think I have UCLA in, in the Elite Eight of my bracket. So I got them in the Final Four. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing uh, the upset. Neither. So. We'll see. It doesn't look like it. Me and Andrew don't think a Max School is pulling out a victory this year. But um, you never know. I mean, they call it madness for a reason, so we'll see. Nobody knows anything when it comes to NCAA tournaments anyway either. <laughs> but uh, we got to get to a quick break on the other side. Bengals make a couple signings on the offensive line. How does that make them rank in the AFC North and the AFC as a whole now with trying to fill in those gaps? We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. You're listening to Sports Fan presented by j k Contracting on 970 970- And 97.1 FM, WATH.
1: From Gruiser Realty and Building. It's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms, and acreage too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate, please call 5913015. 3015 What was that number? It's 5913015. Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate. 5913015. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for Americans 18 to 45 years old. Fentanyl is being mixed illegally with drugs like counterfeit painkillers, heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine. You cannot see, taste, or smell fentanyl, but there is something you can do to protect others. Naloxone is an FDA-approved medication that works to reverse an opioid overdose, including fentanyl overdose. Learn where to receive free training in naloxone at www.healtogetheroh.org. Forward slash Athens. This is the sports fan on 970 WATH.
0: Another first day of NFL free agency was today, and Cincinnati was quite active. Quite active. They did that with their defense the past couple years, going out making signings like Hendrickson. They drafted Logan Wilson. Obviously, Jesse Bates has been around. They franchise tag him to keep him around and brought in a litany of corners like Awuzie, Eli Apple, and others last year. And everybody, Andrew, was just screaming, you got to fix the O-line. And I think, uh, I think many would agree they took a big step in doing that today. They signed two offensive linemen. Alex Kappa, a guard from the Buccaneers. They signed him the four years, $40 million. So they're using up that cap space quite well. They also brought in Ted Karras from the New England Patriots who that was a three-year deal worth $18 million. Karras was uh, mainly the left guard for the Patriots last year, but he also played center in his earlier years. He got ranked 11th in the pass block win rate as a guard in 2021 and 27th at the center in 2020. So very respectable numbers both after the league. He's top 10 in many PFF categories and Kappa was a part of those big runs for Tampa Bay the last couple years and well, Andrew, I mean, did this just solve all the Bengals' problems in one day? And and also, they brought back B.J. Hill to a three-year $30 million back on the defense. He had a good postseason. A lot of people wanted him to be brought back. But, well, Andrew, they said fix the O-line. They didn't really do it in free agency last year. They just brought in Riley Reef And, of course, they drafted a couple in the draft, guys like Carmen. But he is, the Bengals are, making serious strides now. And, as to be expected, these weren't the main names being thrown out for guys people wanted, but looks like they had a couple of good linemen, a lot of good reviews around the league. And, you know, it. it all, all season
1: so far it's been just get the O-line and this team will be ready to go. Yeah, I think they did take big strides there. I don't know if it solves necessarily all their problems because I do think they needed more than just two offensive linemen, but they still have the picks that they can use there in the draft to try to get themselves some. And plus, it's only day one of free agency, right? They still got a lot more time left to kind of work on some deals. But I I do think they took some big strides, and it is nice to see ownership now committing. Because before it was kind of like, well, we don't really spend any money in free agency. Now they're going out there and saying, even before, I mean, they needed to now, especially because they went to the Super Bowl. But even before, they were saying, okay, this is what our main needs are. This is where we're throwing our money. They did it with the secondary last year. They're doing it with the offensive line this year, and it's worked for them. I mean, I don't know if you can maybe hit on the question marks of people that you did with the cornerback position last year, but I don't really think they took question marks signing these two offensive linemen. I think they took solid offensive linemen, and I'm sure Joe has got to be very happy about that that he gets somewhat protection, but it's it's just, it'll make it a lot easier because now, I mean, look what he was doing with the little bit of protection that he was getting. They went to a Super Bowl. They were finding Jamar Chase way downfield. He was the most sacked
0: quarterback in a Super Bowl run or in any playoff run for any team, and like you said, they
1: came down to the last possession of the Super Bowl to have a chance to win it. Right. And honestly, if he doesn't get injured... And even if he has maybe like a half a second more time on the last play, they probably win the game. I, I do believe, which would be amazing that a team... You think so?
0: See, every time I watch that play, I think the corner sucked in because he saw he was getting hit. Maybe, maybe Chase beats him anyway if he has more what, time. He probably, gives play, a, he probably gives him a chance
1: on the deep ball. What was the play on the fourth... What was the play on the last drive where... Ramsey fell again. This time not aided by pass interference. Maybe was, there, that, was that the last play? I don't know if that was, was the last play or if it was. It, it was definitely the last series of downs. Yeah. Ramsey fell, and I know Joe took a sack. Right. Uh, or had to get rid of it one of the two. But he, he didn't, wasn't able to have enough time to find Chase downfield. So it's just one of those. Joe can, can make those throws, he can buy himself some time. And now I'm not sure he has to. If the offensive line, the two, two new additions play like the rest of the league has kind of applauded the Bengals for getting them that way. It's interesting, the, these moves. Uh, all interior
0: linemen to start. And it, it probably, you know, I know people really wanted the, uh, the Jensen to come from the Buccaneers, but obviously I think Tom Brady coming back through a wrench in that. I think Johnson resigned with the Buccaneers today. Yeah, he did. Um, so that one went out the window. So I think they go and get this guy who played guard last year but has history playing center. And it seems like Karras is going to be who the replacement is at center. I think they're probably going to move on from Trey Hopkins. And then in the middle you have Kappa. You know, you have, uh, I mean, it leaves you wondering the, the future for a guy like Quentin Spade who uh, I think improved some during the year, but obviously he got shredded on the last play of the Super Bowl by Aaron Donald. And, of course, they still have Jonah Williams and Riley Reef and others on the outside. So they're really focusing inside out at the moment. Do you think that means, you know, they're locked in with Williams and, and Reef being your two tackles? Or do you think, you know, they're going to still make a move? Because there's still some big-name uh, tackles out there in free agency like Armstead. Obviously, Laramie Tunzel I've been mentioned a couple times, potentially a trade for him. Uh, also uh, Williams out there in the 49ers. I know his name's come up a lot. There's still some room to make another move, but it looks like they're really looking at solidifying the interior line with these couple moves.
1: Yeah, and I I imagine they're going to still try to throw their hat in the ring for those guys. I don't think they're not gonna be like, well, we got two guards or we got two inside linemen. Let's call it a call it an off season and hope for the best. Now I imagine they're still gonna go out there and say, Hey, we can try to upgrade this position. Let's let's see if we can get these guys. I just don't, I don't know, without looking at what, how much cap space they still have. I know they still have a decent bit, but I don't know what else they're trying to target right now, how that would work logistically. But I think they at least inquire about it. I, I would say I, I don't think they just stop here.
0: Yeah, they're in a good spot because they don't need weapons on the outside, right? You have those locked up on rookie deals for the next couple of years. Right. And, and you, of course, you have Boyd for a couple of years as well. Who's your slot guy? You have Joe Mixon for a couple of years. Obviously, if you keep winning as much as you do, you're going to have to work on Burrow's contract sooner than later. But you just have all these guys. Like, they have so much room. You have all your key defenders locked up mm. on contracts you want. You just brought B.J. Hill back in. They have just so much luxury right now. They were able to franchise tag Bates. They used their one franchise tag each team has on him. So, obviously, that he's going to be kind of on
1: a prove-it type of year. Which is interesting because he didn't seem too happy about getting the franchise. I've actually never met a player that seems happy about a franchise tag. No, well, it's but just, he said he you know, wanted... more money to be had. Right, but it's also... And, you know, you have your cases.
0: You know, I love these NFL guys. They want the locked up money for years and years. Right. You don't want a one-year deal, get hurt. I, you know, like Earl Thomas, right, with the Seahawks on his contract year. We all know how that ended. Yeah, it ended with uh, Pete Carroll getting the middle Flip the finger. Bird. Flip the bird. Yeah. <laughs> I think Seattle won that exchange. I don't believe. Earl Thomas even in the league. No, he was uh, last seen on your uh, Ravens, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he was last seen. With well, the, yes. On the- he,
1: he was <laughs> last seen in a uniform <laughs> with the Ravens. We won't talk about what he was last seen at.
0: I guess he did make it to camp. No, he was gone two years ago. We, we only had him for that one year.
1: I thought that was last year.
0: No, he's been gone for two years. Oh, wow. We only had him the one year when uh, Eric Henry stiff-armed him into oblivion. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, too. he didn't make a team last year. He's about done. But anyway, just to link this back to Jess Bates and perhaps some frustration. Yeah, no one wants to play for one year because they just want the guaranteed money for a three-year deal. That way, if they do get hurt, they have that guaranteed money. Playing on the franchise tag, yes, it's usually a good salary for one year. Like, I think, how much will he make on the on the tag? It's like his cap number is going to be $12 million. Okay. So, you know, not, not a bad chunk of change for a season, but obviously... You know, he was looking in the in the fifteen to twenty million dollar per year range, and now he's playing one year for twelve. Where if he plays well, he'll probably get
1: that fifteen to twenty million, whether that's with Cincinnati or not. So it looks like I pulled up their cap space right now. This has not been updated. It does have the Jesse Bates thing. Yeah, it has not been updated, but they had twenty one million coming into today, mm-hmm. and then they signed what four players? Yep. Three players. Three players. Lyman and B.J. Hill. Oh no, bring him back. So I mean, that's it's big. I mean, you you still got. I mean, uh, your your cap space might might not be as much as what you're going to
0: keep anymore. pretty much the same team. I love Bengals fans. I've seen that said. You yeah, know, we could bring Eli Apple back to be uh, cornerback You'd, four. I'd like that. You don't want to bring Eli Apple back. <laughs> not only that, which I mean again, he wasn't terrible this year. No. But not only that, but like. What makes you think Eli-, Eli Apple's coming back to be your fourth cornerback after he just had
1: his best season as a pro? Not to mention he's gonna want an egregious amount of money. Yeah, you see his
0: Twitter. you think that's a reasonable guy to negotiate with?
1: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Poor guy, man. I've never seen somebody get killed as much as he did. And then that, that guy got so really took—he got—he took it on the chin really after that Super Bowl.
1: Yeah,
0: he did. He, uh, yeah, he got. I've never seen a player like
1: universally hated. Eli Apple was after that Super Bowl. And even, like, normally, like, Ohio State fans try to be like, oh, no, he's a Buckeye. Even, like, Ohio State fans were hopping on it like, listen, man, you were really bad. You did good at Ohio State. I mean, you did good enough to be a top First round pick. pick. Yeah, the Giants, that's right. Yeah, whatever. I think even, I mean, I was even surprised by that one. Uh, you did good enough to be a good Ohio State cornerback, but you were awful when you got to the pros, and then you had, like, a mediocre season. And talk so much crap, and then couldn't back it up in the biggest game of the year.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that, in
0: this day and age of social media, that will leave you up to getting. Uh, yeah, you'll get a, you'll get. Yeah, a well, what, of what came to him? What came to him? Before we take another break, I want to touch on this topic real quick. Tom Brady is back. Um, and obviously, that had a big thing to do because a lot of Bengals fans wanted Jensen to be brought in this center. Ryan Jensen, the center with the Buccaneers the past couple years. But obviously, he's staying down to continue to play with Tom Brady. Remember, there was Gronkowski rumblings with the Bengals for a little bit. Yeah, Gronkowski's playing anywhere else now? No, I think he's going to want to play with Tom. Yeah. So, couple Bengals miss out on a couple of guys, and it's just an interesting story. Like, because now, I mean, you, you can't tell me he didn't retire to gain leverage with the Buccaneers.
1: Absolutely. And there's no way he comes back <laughs> the day before free agency. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm done, I'm done. However, I do think they should work into his contract. That $500,000 has to go to the man that bought his last last touchdown ball the day before. Yeah, that was brutal. He bought. In you didn't see this
0: out. story, a guy the day before Brady re- came back out of retirement yesterday bought what was presumably Brady's last touchdown, a pass to Mike Evans in the in the Rams playoff game. $500,000. It's worth nothing now. Well, not nothing. Probably, I think a, I think an NFL game ball is like thirty. Considering it was game used by Tom Brady, a touchdown, maybe a couple hundred. Yeah, it might give it dollars So right? Somebody get to sign, it might be worth like, I don't know, five grand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you had a, a $495,000 loss. Yeah, great return on investment there. And that's a generous. I'd grand. argue you're stupid for spending $500,000 on a football. Could you imagine having enough money to just? I don't care out. how much money you have. You
0: lose 500k, that sucks.
1: Well, I know, but just having enough money to so unless you you're like Jeff Bezos, be like yeah, I mean, he, yeah, no, that, yeah he, it's probably not even worth his time. $500,000. Like,
0: that guy, I mean, he's probably like a collector or something. Like he probably has a ton of footballs in his base. Probably has like a whole locker full of them. He just goes down, looks at them a little bit, here and there. He's like, God, I'm gonna add Brady to this. The last touchdown ever. Now it's nothing. Now he's just got touchdown, you know, 568, whatever the heck it Some is. Some random number. Yeah. Do you know Brady throws 45 touchdowns next year? He becomes the Bucks franchise leader in in touchdown
1: passes. In three seasons? Yeah. I mean, honestly, who is? I mean, it makes sense because, like, obviously. Who would it be? In the in the day, uh, probably Brad Johnson. Maybe. Brad, I mean, he, he had a good run with him. I'm trying. Uh, Jameis, I mean, he threw a lot of touchdowns. He That's, did throw a lot he's of. He's probably up there.
0: He's probably up there.
1: Jameis did throw a lot of touchdowns.
0: People forget the year he threw 30, he also, the year he threw 30 picks, he also had 30, uh, 30 tutters. Yeah, no, it is Jameis at 121. Guess who's behind Brady?
1: I already saw it. Josh Freeman. Jeez. <laughs> that is, Jeff Garcia's got to be in the top five then. Probably. Yeah, I guess
0: when Brad Johnson was there, they weren't really throwing the ball that much. Yeah, Brad Johnson's seventh. Trent oh, Dilfer has Testaverde. more. Trent
1: Dilfer has more for the Bucks. Doug Williams, of course, Super Bowl winner. Benny Testaverde in one of my favorite uh, Heisman House commercials. Man, they have but just think about that: in three seasons, he could
0: become their franchise leader. He'll lead the NFL, the Patriots, and the Bucks, all in touchdown. It's nuts. Just three, forty-five. I think his
1: over/under I saw is thirty-five. You don't think he's gonna get that? I mean, he signed in three years, didn't he? I mean, all they do is score touch. All he do is throw the ball for touchdowns. So, so uh, you yeah. know. And it wasn't really even like he lost a st- – like it didn't look no, like – No, he had a great year. He it's- led the league of passing yards. Yeah. I mean, he was up f- – it was between him and Rodgers for MVP. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just – it He's wasn't like back. it was a- – I
0: don't I, I don't know. They have some cap casualties going on here. I think they tagged Godwin. They're bring him back. Yeah, uh, they brought back Davis the to corner today. They have some other guys to bring back. It'll, it'll be interesting. I don't know. And the, they're saying that the Saints might get Deshaun Watson.
1: There's a lot going on. This is why NFL free is the best. Just for the rumors. And it really is. It, it's something it, it's nice to watch because then all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking like, oh, man. I can't wait to hear this, the rumor of
0: who Antonio Brown's going to
1: say. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> it's
0: pretty great, though. Yes.: But, yeah, like, like it, Tom Brady had a retirement. And, again, I think it's totally a move. He wanted some leverage with the team. It has to be. Insert, I'm just going to retire, quote, unquote. Brett Favre. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, Tom, Tom, you you can we'll, we'll let you pick what receivers you have this year. Tom, we'll, we'll, we'll run whatever plays you want next year. Tom, I won't yell at you in, the, in front of the media anymore. <laughs> and he comes back. I
1: don't know if they're winning the Super Bowl, but, shoot, I mean, better chances. The than, NFC is not all that strong at the moment, so. Right. I mean, better chances than had he not been there. And what do you got? You got Rodgers, you got the Rams, the Niners. Yeah. That's it. That's all I can think of. Um, I mean, if the Saints get the Sean,
0: they're in the conversation. Uh, still the Packers, obviously, with yeah, Rogers. that was Rogers. But, yeah, other than that, yeah, no, all those teams stink. Yeah. The Cowboys, I guess, but. In a bad division. They'll have a good record in a bad division. Yeah, and then they'll lose in the play. That's the same old song I saw dance. Yeah. No, no, the AFC is way
1: tougher.
0: 100%. The NFC keeps one of the Super Bowls, but. They win get, the most
1: important game. Yeah, but to get
0: there. Top to bottom. It's the AFC. Yeah, it's tough, man. We're gonna get another break. On the other side, uh, we're gonna go back to some college basketball. March Madness coming up. Me and Andrew, we, we were picking brackets earlier today, actually. Uh but Ohio State's got an interesting matchup. They're uh they're facing a familiar name in March Madness. The fighting uh, sister jeans. That's right, Loyola Chicago. I think they're I think it's a pick'em right now. Who would have thought that for the season? Ohio State versus Loyola Chicago would be a pick'em. interesting. We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. You're listening to the sports fan presented by J K contracting on nine seven. On 970, excuse me, and 97.1 FM, WATH. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But
1: they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines, a tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything
0: we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few you have earned the title Marine.
1: Don't leave money on the table. FAFSA could help the journey to college be less of a financial burden. We also help with filling out FAFSA, so it's less stressful for you. Visit its to use free resources to get free federal student financial aid for college. Visit its to learn more. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Higher Education. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105, the flagship station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970-WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens, Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the Sports Fan starting at 6.06. And stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATH WXTQ Sports. Live and local, the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Welcome back inside the Sports Fan. We're talking about Ohio State versus Loyola Chicago in the March Madness Tournament. And it's an interesting one. And like Joey said before we threw it to a break, that who would have thought, especially, I mean, not even when the season began, but there was a point in time, probably about halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through the season, Ohio State was projected as a two seed, not in the Big Ten, but a two seed in the NCAA Tournament. And now they're in a pick 'em with Loyola Chicago and the the fighting sister Jeans there, the Ramblers. But, I mean, honestly, I'll admit, in my bracket, I'm I'm a kid from Columbus. I'm a Ohio State fan through and through now. Granted, if they played the Bobcats in the tournament, I definitely would have rooted for Ohio. And that was projected at one point in time. But I I took Loyola Chicago in this matchup. I think maybe I'm just a fan that's overreacting. But I think that... Ohio State is just too bad right now. They're playing awful. You want to just, their past couple, they basically ended the same way that OU ended their season. They played a lot of games back-to-back. They lost to some really bad teams. They did not do well in the tournament. I'm not sure they even won a game, to be honest. But it's just been a tough go of it, and that's why I'm taking Loyola Chicago. Yeah,
0: except when you're in the Big Ten, you can afford to lose in your conference tournament.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: Ohio State finished what, 19-11 on the season?
1: Uh, I think they got to 20 wins. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure they did. Pull up their schedule right now. Man, if he didn't get a 21 season out of them, it was close. After
0: this team was projected to be a two seed overall, and they're a seventh. Not even get it. Well, we saw what they do as a two-seed last year. That is true. That is true. Oh, yeah, 1911. They won 12 games in the Big Ten. They beat Duke earlier this year. I don't know, man. A lot of people are going to be on Loyola Chicago strictly because of the name. And, obviously, they've made a couple good runs in the tournament. Obviously, one of them was an Elite Eight run. Did they get to the Final Four that year? No, I think they finished in the Elite Eight. Elite Eight Eight to Nova. Nova killed them. That was the year Nova killed everybody. Um and then they made the Sweet 16 last year. Knocked off Illinois, who was uh, the Big Ten champs. A lot of people thought would make a deep run.
1: Yeah, I, when I saw that, because Loyola Chicago, that wasn't a year where it was just name only. That was a year where it was like, this team is actually like really good. And for some reason, the committee put them as an eight seed. Yeah. yeah that was just, I felt like disrespectful to not only Loyola Chicago, but to Illinois to have to face them in the second round. But uh, a lot of that, the core guys from that, final or a sweet 16 elite eight run, they're graduated now, so I don't, I don't know necessarily what the Ramblers are, but like you said, kind of taking the name and also looking at the fact that Ohio State has been awful down the stretch.
0: I'll tell you who the Ramblers are. They're a solid basketball team, really solid. They pretty much ran through their conference tournament. Uh, they won by 16, 23, and then they beat Drake by six. In the final, they finished second in the Missouri Valley, and they have play- they played some tough teams in their non-conference schedule. Uh, they beat San Francisco, who's also in the field by five earlier. They beat Vanderbilt at the SEC by 11. Uh, they lost to Auburn by only nine early in the year. They lost to Michigan State by two. So this is a team that has played a Big Ten team around the caliber of Ohio State at the moment, Michigan State,
1: and they lost by seats. two.
0: They only lost by two. So, it's going to really be a tough matchup. I just, it, it just doesn't feel like this Ohio State team is a one-and-done team. Liddell's too talented. They have too many talented pieces. They're, they have the better
1: athletes in Loyola. I'd argue they had the better talent last year against Oral Roberts, too. I just, I, I think... I mean, I, that was different circumstance. Yes, it was a different circumstance. Like, one kid, I forget what his name was. Madness. Was, yeah. He was a walking bucket. Sure was. But... Uh, and they, yeah, they have the better athletes, they have the better talent, but they also had the better athletes and better talent than. Well, Andres, you know, Rutgers, I look at college Nebraska. basketball from
0: a from a gambling perspective.
1: <gasps> as uh, yes. As you know, I, I dabble
0: legally. Really struggling today because there is none. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, thought
1: about, I thought about betting the NBA today. Ugh, no, backed out. I, backed, I backed out. I backed out. I can still bet on the Cavs. Careless LaVert is back. I guess mean, I, I know it's Careless.
0: I, I think they're six and a half point favorites or something. What? I always look at this from a gambling perspective. And it's, the sexy pick is Loyola Chicago in every tournament they're in. Very true. And I don't know. I feel like people are going to act like they're the favorites in this matchup when Ohio State has a better talent. Like you said, they, they've struggled down the stretch. I will pull my. They lost to freaking Penn State in the, in the Big Ten tournament. They lost to Nebraska down the stretch. lost to Maryland down the stretch. Michigan. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's in the tourney as well. Yeah, but we can argue for days about how deserved they are. But point is, they've played the better schedule throughout the season. Loyola just came off a conference tournament, where the best team they played is Drake. You know where Drake is? Uh, no, Point proven. Missouri. I mean, it's a Missouri Valley Conference, so
1: that was a good guess. <laughs> it's an educated one.
0: Yeah, let's see. Not a bad one. You can't really go wrong with that one. But Ohio State. It's interesting. I, I think they're going to win. I think they're more talented. I think they're due for one in the tourney. I think Holtman has a little bit of pressure on him. To finally start, you know, winning when it matters. It's Des Moines. Mm, it's Iowa. Iowa.
1: Close. I, yeah. It was close. Somewhere in the middle there. I just if I told you before the show, if, if Holtman doesn't make it to the Sweet 16, which would actually be a very tough task because they'd have to face the two seed next. Who's was that in that region? That. Is I want to say Nova, Nova,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, going Nova. Uh, he, he's going to be on the hot seat because this team should have gone through and done much better last year. Last year, I mean, even this year. Yes, it is Nova, by the way. Yeah. Even this year, I mean, well, they beat Duke. They were firing on all cylinders. They were projected two seeds. They were they were supposed to do much better this year and last year. And they haven't done it yet. I mean, you you and I were talking about maybe Holtman going to Louisville. And I said, I don't know why Louisville would want him. He hasn't really regained what Ohio State had under Thad Mata, not even close, despite having lots of talent. And, and he hasn't done it yet. So I, I honestly think if they don't make a run, I'm not saying he'll get fired by the He's end active. of next year. No. He's but I think the seat starts to warm up a little bit.
0: Maybe. I mean, I don't really know. I don't know. Basketball's weird, man. Schools act like they're basketball schools, and then like they don't win anything for ten years and keep the same guy. It's just like you can't be that committed.
1: No, you can't. And that's what makes me so mad. Is like people before were like Ohio when Ohio State was winning. They're like, well, they're just a football school. That their basketball team's good now. They don't really know what they got. And now that people are like saying, hey, Holtman's not doing so well. Now people are like, well, you're just a ba- you're just a football school. Like why do you care? Why should you have standards? You're a football school. Like pick your pick a pick a lane. Decide. Make up your mind. Because your football fans are so annoying that nobody wants to. No, oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's why people always like, are like, Ohio State fans are so annoying. I'm like, yeah. They I mean, are. Ohio State basketball fans never annoyed me. Oh. That's why I think they're going to win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Less annoying basketball know. fan base than football.
0: Guaranteed I mean,
1: Lillard shoots the ball well. I, don't
0: know. I actually don't really think it's a great matchup for, for Ohio State. Uh, just as bad as they've been playing. Um, Obviously, the Ramblers have uh, had a couple good runs uh, with their Final Four run, with Sweet 16 last year. They've played very well. They just lost by to Michigan State by two. They played Auburn tough. They're a good basketball team. Uh, and there's a reason they're a 10
1: seed in a mid-major conference. So start winning that stuff becomes contagious. It's contagious, man. It's well, contagious. Ohio State's at a point where like it feels like they got to score 80 points to win a game. The defense just struggled mightily down the stretch. Yeah, especially you don't know what you're getting at with Kyle Young and Zed Key if they're going to play or not. But it's interesting. March Madness. Final
0: question. You can change your answer because we'll have shows up until Thursday. Who's winning it, Andrew?
1: I said I'm taking Loyola Chicago. <laughs> I meant the whole thing. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really, I want to kind of lean. Uh, I really kind of want to lean UCLA, but I'm, I think I'm going to go with Kansas or Kentucky right now. Oh, your team ride, Kentucky. Yeah, I got to Kentucky. I got Kentucky. I know you do. That's what's off my. I, I'm still undecided right now. I, I
0: JK, really, I'll tell you what. I really like so Kentucky. Way. I really like Kentucky. Really good team. I think they're really solid in all facets. They just have sucked in so many big games. I bet on them this year, or so it's. it's so just don't bet on. It's become kind of a toxic relationship, but we're gonna fight through <laughs> it. That's for the sports fan. Appreciate you listening, Andrew Allison. I'm Joey Madour. Signing off. We'll see you tomorrow.